Welcome to Cloudlandia, Mr. Sullivan. Ah, uh, Mr. Jackson. I, I would know the voice anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cloudlandia. Yeah. Another beautiful day. Yes, it, uh, well, uh, for you, we're, uh, <laughs> uh, winter is very grudging in Toronto. It gives, it gives way very, very reluctantly to spring. <laughs> that sounded so uh, poetic there. That's really great. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I mean, we, we've been, uh, uh, last couple of nights, we've been down to 30, you know, so. 30 oh, that's Fahrenheit uh, temperature. That's no good. No, no, it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you've had a taste. Yes, yes, indeed. But, uh, you know, this is my 77th spring, so I should get used to it hmm. right now. Well, it's always springtime in Cloudlandia. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Perfect temperatures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the two days that we spent at Genius. Uh, Genius. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought I, I thought uh, Howard Getson just did a fantastic job of moderating. Mm-hmm. I agree, and you know, it's a really uh, kind of a glimpse that I got into the way he thinks. You know, in foundational kind of principles, kind of I mm-hmm. see that like the way. Um, that's I, I saw some new applications for AI for I love his version amplified intelligence is really yeah. what that is because it's not not creating uh, you know, it's building on intelligence mm-hmm. that's an, yeah and so uh, yeah I was I was very excited about it because I think it's going to lend itself well as that exercise that he had us go through of um, you know the progression from what you what you know kind of thing to how you could use it as a tool internally to help you mm-hmm. do what you do, and then to think about mm-hmm. how you could use that to create something that could be mm-hmm. uh, done in the market. Uh, and that was a nice progression because I thought, you know, I was thinking about certain things that I have within. Um, you know, I've been working from my eight profit activator m- model for a long time. And so there's a lot of diagnostics and a lot of, of you know, um, best practices kind of things that I have within those that are, are transferable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things um, I have is a, you know, a seven, a seven step checklist for, you know, really gauging the success of an, an ad. And mm-hmm. that, as I look through those, uh, you know, it could recognize and diagnose maybe the, um, you know, where this, the, you know, the opportunity for this ad to be better or to be where mm-hmm. it's kind of weak. It's, and so I think about that as a tool is a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting thing. Yeah, well, you know the um, um, uh, algorithms. Um, you mm-hmm. know that's really what you know our thinking processes really are, and uh, they're really useful al- algorithms if anybody can plug in the information and. In, more or less get the same kind of beneficial result from it. I mean, that's uh, that's one of the tests of an algorithm that it, uh, not just the person who created it gets a result, but uh, just showing someone else how to do this thinking process, they also get, uh, you know, a result um, that's um, similarly uh, beneficial to them. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm always looking for that. I mean, my, my sense is that... Uh, um, anything can work for us. You know, I mean, if you think about yourself, you've got your own methods inside of yourself mm-hmm. in, in the think, and it works. You know, you, you figure mm-hmm. out how to work. The big, the big challenge is, can you get it work to work outside of you? Well, that's the thing is that's, uh, there's the, I look at the, um, you know, the two, the layers of the, 
especially if I take my eight profit activator model, that the, mm-hmm. the, um, I look at those as sort of, um, there was a difference between the heuristic and uh, algorithm in that the heuristic of understanding the eight, uh, the, what the eight profit activators are and how to kind of point yourself in the direction of guiding your thinking about them to then when you apply them to create an algorithm that you can use um, in your business, you know? And so there's two layers. A lot of what I've done, uh, a lot of the value that I create is by figuring out the algorithm for a particular industry or for a particular Mm -hmm. situation that can then be licensed or, you know, deployed for multiple people, you know, like when, Mm -hmm. when I do the, um, for what I've done in real estate and with a lot of the, um, financial advisors and things where we've figured out how to do something in a local, uh, business that then I can, you know, uh, replicate, do that same thing in, uh, other local, uh, other local areas mm-hmm. that that really mm-hmm. removes me that's a way to remove me from mm-hmm. the uh from mm-hmm. the things as I, I look at from the housing yeah yes exactly yeah. and i look at the being at the uh the lab here in winter haven and cracking the codes creating the you know being mm-hmm. an algorithm factory in a way and then having it multiplied throughout, you know, in all the other situations that it, uh, that it can go. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm really, that's what I'm excited about. Um, really figuring out for me going forward. That's my, I think that's my, um, sweet spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one one of the things that uh, you know, I mean, you're. Uh, I know I'll. I will be successful when it's actually an uh-huh. algorithm for you. That's yeah. actually, uh, you know, that's and uh, and one of the things I find, you know, I have similar. I I haven't put it into the form that you've done it, but I've got mm-hmm. uh, sort of a. Um, um, uh, you know, a set of rules, and I, I kind of, you know, in that little exercise where we put down, you know, that the mindset, uh, it was yeah. health and half, and I yeah, did, yeah. and uh, to a certain a certain extent, uh, I've got some conditions that have to be met if I'm going to um, be interested in something new, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, one one of the things is that. Uh, I'm more of an innovator than I am an entrepreneur. Okay, yes, and what I mean by that, uh, what I mean by that, is uh, you know the whole notion that I could get uh, a, a cookie cutter for life. In other words, that I would create something and it would just um, it would just be good for life. It would it would constantly grow, uh, and there. You don't have to improve it. It's just right. you know, it's, it's you, know, you don't have to improve it at all. I, I would get bored with that in about two or three days. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I would too. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the um, we, you know, we've used the example of my my model of of Max Martin, the song producer. That you know, mm-hmm. I, if I write the song, it's like the last thing that I would want to do is spend the next two and a half years singing that same song all over the country every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not for me. And yeah. that's really what yeah. that's really what you're saying. I gotta keep keep innovating, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um you have to take that into consideration that uh, it will kind of make you unhappy, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh and some you know, people say, you know, um, 
if you could, it's like the whole thing that you could create an automatic ban, you know, you could get an AI program that's uh, uh, it's the kind of ban, and then the, the uh, AI program could just be answering questions and running programs. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. oh, geez. I said, uh, uh, you know, I would subvert it. I would sabotage it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, would, I would find some way to destroy that. Uh, that AI, and, mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, and I think it's you know it's a personal thing. It's sort of uh, you know at the core of us. I mean, uh, compared to other people, all of us are idi- idiosyncratic. In other words, we mm-hmm. got our odd, we got our odd things, but it's the odd things that give meaning to us. Mm-hmm. Like your, I think the greatest thing is you know from an observer now long time observer of your um model is you you what i think is attractive about it is you've got a stable platform and um um context in that there's quarterly workshops and you're working with entrepreneurs and the, there's some constants that are are there but the variety of every quarter is a brand new workshop that is like mm-hmm. adding the the variety um, into it and whenever you get you know a, when you've done a, a program for um a few years and kind of adopted or figured out the um you know the the thinking tools and the the progressions mm-hmm. for it you're leaving this wake behind you of you moving up to the next level here and having, mm-hmm. as soon as it gets to where other, other coaches could, uh, you know, facilitate what you've created there, you mm-hmm. keep moving forward. And that's, uh, that's exciting, right? That's kind of the, yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, Sort of like a, a frontier, you know, it's sort, of, sort yeah. of a frontier approach. And uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the thing that, thing is that uh, you want to have some uh, lasting value of what you've created before, but you don't want it to make demands on your future. In other words, that uh, I... I, I like creating foundations and, you know, having other people benefit from the foundations, but I don't want it to inhibit my desire to see what's over the next hill. Yes. That's right. You don't want to set out, you don't yeah. want to set up, you don't want to set up camp in the valley kind of thing, right? You're the, the yeah. train is moving. Yeah. You're, you're leading the, the, uh, the caravan. <laughs> It's moving. It's definitely moving. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the yeah. That's kind of the cool thing. Yeah, but I think I think it's uh, you know I think we're very similar. I think we're, the two of us. I think why we enjoy our conversation because uh, each is each of us is open to uh, you know each of us is open to discussing something new that we haven't mm-hmm. really figured out and we can do it together. And but we do have um, the ability to um, almost institutionalize the good part that we've created before. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Like setting up the because I do love you, you've really been influential for me on this is thinking about I love enduring contexts. That's something yeah. that is. Uh, yeah, so I love to yeah, get to yeah. the the baseline of things that we're establishing things you can depend on going forward. Uh, but I also love novelty and I love the way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. all the things I love how seeing that intersection of the, you know, our fixed context that we figured out applied mm-hmm. to applied to the new information, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, uh, and the uh, I I just think that uh, <clears throat> you know that um, desire of uh, institution institutionalization on one side and novelty on the other 
uh, are kind of in tension with each other because you can have a little bit yeah. too much of either and it makes the other side uh, kind of uncomfortable. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I look at, you know, kind of how hum- humanity, you know, if you look around yeah. the world, I mean, uh, you know, the population of the world is three and a half times now what it was when I was born. And, you know, which is, I mean, it's, it's, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a big deal to, to have lived a lifetime where the population of the planet increased by three and a half times. That's a big deal. And, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, it seems to me that, um, um, things kind of work, you know, like the, the news media doesn't think so. I mean, the news media kind of makes it, it's uh, makes its money off things that they can point out aren't working. <clears throat> but mm. in fact, I bet, you know, if you ignored, uh, <clears throat> ignored <clears throat> all the nervous Nellies who were pointing out <clears throat> what wasn't working, uh, mm-hmm. you'd have to observe that probably for about 90% of the planet every day, they get up and, you know, things kind of work. Things kind yeah. of work, you know. Yeah. Have enough food, got shelter, um, you know, um, got friends, uh, <clears throat> um, enjoyed their company, um, got some new things you're working on, you know, yeah. and everything like that. And, uh, and, you know, the sun comes up every day. It's kind of predictable. Yeah. It does what it's supposed to do. And I think most people kind of have a pattern to their life and they get up every day and things sort of work. And it's the vast majority of humans. And that's what gives other people the luxury of complaining about things. Yeah. And you've been, I don't know what it is, Dan, but I've had this, like, just this, um, I don't know, funny, like, just this view on things that if we look at, it, it hasn't been until the last hundred years, say, that it seems like there's so much more, um, I don't know what, in our, in our society, in the way that people can uh, exist and make money and, and mm-hmm. our economy, the things that we have, there's a lot more like, um, I don't want to say silly, but I mean, there's a lot of like, really, you know, esoteric. There's a lot of things that are non-essential, let's say, mm-hmm. economies are ways that people uh, are making money. You know, when you think about mm-hmm. how at all this cooperation game that we're all playing, that there's a lot of the things that are happening that don't really have any... Um, I don't know that they're fundamentally contributing to what you were describing there, the base need. You know, we're, we're definitely as a society moving into the self-actualization as a, a planet kind of thing. You know, we've basically solved the basic things the for the most part. Survival of survival and safety. Yeah, yeah. 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 Coming up, I mean, if you take Maslow's Maslow's yeah. pyramid from yeah. seventy years ago, whenever he created that, <clears throat> and uh, you know, and all the statistics that come out of you know the international organizations that keep a track on those things, you know, the yeah. poverty level, the you know the the really bad things that can happen to human beings level, things have really mm-hmm. really dropped down, and uh, and <clears throat> and. Um, Generally, and I think the reason is because um, left, uh, given the freedom to do so, people uh, kind of cooperate more than compete or mm-hmm. conflict with each other. You know, people mm-hmm. find it easier to cooperate than to pick fights. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's made us such a successful species. You know, um, yeah. but the uh, but the ability to do that. And, and and it supports so many, you know, alternative ways of, of making money and surviving in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like when yeah. you're thinking about there are people who make money as a, uh, a Lincoln historian, 
for instance, or things that you know, telling tales of other of, of other past. Uh, yeah, it was really were, interesting. Uh, it was yeah. really interesting because I was sitting listening to this is for those who were listening to the podcast. We had uh, Dean and I were at Genius Network, and uh, which was created by Joe Powis, and Joe is taking a year off. He's taking a sabbatical year off. And he's got um, visiting moderators who are coming in and guest moderators who are putting together uh, sessions. And uh, we just came off two days where, uh, you know, a colleague of ours and, uh, you know, in Genius Network and a colleague and strategic coach. And uh, he um, put together really a beautiful program over two days, seven, eight different people, but one of them was a, a cousin of his who was a scholar on Lincoln, yeah. Lincoln, and it was really, I found it very, very stimulating, but I was sitting there, and I was thinking, I said, you know, this is really great, but why Why are you teaching 19, 20, 21-year-olds <laughs> this sort of stuff? I said, why, mm-hmm. why don't you, you know, put this into a program? I said, this is really good stuff, and there was a lot of originality to his treatment. Of yeah. His, uh, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he was taking Lincoln's stuff and then he was yeah. creating new thoughts about it, or creating new thoughts about it. And right. I was sitting there and I was chunking out thinking processes and, you know, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I could take any one of those letters that he showed at Lincoln's, which are private from Lincoln's personal journals. And yeah. I said, oh, there's a, there's a really neat, Thinking process there. There's a really neat thinking process there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I found it and very impressive. First of all, I did too. Bad. I was saying I that even. Uh, yeah, for the first time, it made uh, it made. I've never thought of Lincoln as a real guy. You know, as a real person. Uh, yeah. Person. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I thought of him as this character. When they, you know, when they get a. When they chisel your face on a mountain face, uh, it's a little harder yeah. to, for you to connect. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so funny because you know my five heroes, uh, uh, you know, my five historical heroes. That Let me I, see if I can remember. Uh, so we've got okay. Gutenberg. We've no. got the... Oh, no, no, sorry. No, not sorry. Gutenberg. Let's go all the way back. The, uh, the Bach... And mm-hmm. Shakespeare, okay. and James Madison, okay. and are we? Are there anybody earlier? Yeah, well, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Euclid, Euclid. Put together Euclid. geometry, and yeah, and then the uh, last one is last one, number five. Number five is what century are we? Are we in? Uh, 19th, 19th. Okay, in the 19th century. 19th and 20th, early 20th. Yeah, Edison, Thomas Edison. Edison, that's it. So that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I got... Yeah, no, you did really well. You did did really well. Uh, uh, But I was going back and looking at Euclid, and I was reading a whole series of essays on why Euclid's so important, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and... his influence was really great. As a matter of fact, uh, I could make a statement here that probably in terms of his thinking and also what his thinking was used for, he's probably made the biggest impact on the planet simply because everything that's built on the planet has to follow Euclidean geometry. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's one thing, uh, you know, one thing that, uh, is a fundamental rule that nature only respects 90 degree right angles. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember we if had that conversation about the, uh, yeah. about the ROM, the, the, uh, oh, the yeah, ROM yeah, museum. I'm just waiting. Yeah, I'm just waiting, you know, this year, maybe five years from now, 10 years, but it's going to crack and fall apart. <laughs> uh-huh. That's Cause, right. Because every day nature says, well, we moved it a quarter of an inch. We've moved it a quarter of an inch. I think, you know, and it's these modern architecture, which, uh, you know, they they put them at odd angles. The moment you put that odd angle of, uh, you know, build something at an odd angle that's 90, not 90 degree right angle, 
nature is trying to pull it down. And you'll find after a while, whatever your original costs were for creating this new structure, your maintenance costs at a certain point are greater than your original costs. That'll be so. This is we got that to look forward to in our files. Yeah, and I think the big yeah. and I think there's lots of yeah. I think there's lots of structures, not just uh, physical structures, but like thought structures that um, aren't solid enough to withstand you know the gravitational forces of uh, you know human novelty and human experimentation and human. Yeah, you know, some things we like to do over and over and over again, and there's some things we like to do maybe once or twice, and then we try yeah. to pull them down. Yeah, yeah. and I, I and I share with you, I like things that kind of last, you know, that yes. I can really bet on. Yes. Yeah. Like Euclidean geometry. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, there's very interesting. There's actually a statement that uh, you uh, credited you, you could. Uh, 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 everything is what it is. Uh, 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 I have to get this right. Uh, uh, Things are, I think this is how it goes. Things are exactly what they are, and they're not something else. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Things are exactly what they are. And they're not something else. And they're not. And they're that's not something true. else. I said that's true. Right. Yeah, right. That, that that's really true. It, but think about the things today where people are trying to make something seem to be something else. You know, like yeah, they're trying to make history be something. So there's always these fights over meaning that human beings have. You know that uh, this means this. No, it doesn't. It means this. And then. We get into we get into fights, uh, you know, over the meaning of a word or the, or the meaning of a context. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's like uh, uh, one of the things I often notice is uh, the, you know, in the political realm where people are saying, you know, this is absolutely an anti-democratic. Uh, you know, this this is not demo- this is a violation of democracy, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> You know, and they're talking about, you know, the United States. And I said, well, actually, you know, if you go back and you look at the original, um, you know, the original discussions and the original blueprints for the country, um, um, it's not designed to be a democracy. It's designed to be a representative republic. They, mm-hmm. they never used the word democracy in the founding papers. The founding fathers never used the word democracy. They don't mm. like democracy, and democracy means um, you know everybody gets a say. And they said, "No, we want some people to have a say." <laughs> I mean, really, fundamentally, the you know where you have the electoral college. Yeah, um, we'll let you have we'll let you have a say inside of your state, but your state will only count for one vote. Okay, so so there's yeah. this tension. There's this tension built right into the country. But if it was a you know, if it was, um, well, it's kind one of interesting when vote. you think about it like that, then, I mean, it really, I hadn't thought about it like that, but that's where you can then sort of, you know, gather where in states that are particularly, uh, the way you want to live kind of thing. That's, an, yeah, that's, yeah. You're, so you you're, can, you're living, yeah, you're living in the most promising state in the country right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, I picked so well. You know, yeah, you you chose well. You know, you chose wisely. <laughs> chose wisely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, 20 years ago, California was the state to be. Mm-hmm. You, know, and, uh, you know, and so it shifts around. You know, it shifts around. And, uh, you know, and you vote with your feet. I mean, a lot of people just vote with their feet. Yeah. And uh, a lot of New Yorkers right now are moving to Florida. They're voting with their feet. Yeah. I read, I saw something um, that broke down the personality types of, by geography. Like where, Mm -hmm. you, you know, when you think about why the Midwesterners are so sort of agreeable is 
you know, that they are, they wanted to get away from the, the, uh, the Northeast kind of thing where it was all the, they wanted to get away from the city kind of things. And they headed out away from that. But as soon Mm -hmm. as they hit any adversity, like before they got to the mountains kind of thing, they said, Oh, this is good enough. This is, this is good. <laughs> this is fine right here. This will do right here. And the you know the pioneers are the ones who headed out to California, which is why all the you know personality-wise adventurers and innovators and, yeah. and uh, freedom and you know I guess you could say the uh, you know kind of fittest and and. Uh, adventurers kind of thing are, are out uh, out west. It's kind of it's yeah, a really, it's really interesting. Funny uh, to see. Bob's has got a family history that's interesting in that respect. So mid uh, 1900s, she had ancestors from Michigan. Babs grew up in Michigan, and there were two brothers who um, went west, and they got into the um, <clears throat> California Gold Rush near uh-huh. Sutter's Creek, uh, 1849. Uh, and uh, unlike a lot of people, they they had a strike and they got gold and they immediately packed up and went back to Michigan and built themselves a town. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and the town is on Lake Michigan. So if you think of the lower part of Mich- Michigan, it's got a lower and an upper part. Yeah. If you're going yeah. up the west side of it, you're in Lake Michigan, and it's certain the curve. And right at the top of the west side of Michigan is a little fishing town called Leland. And the, the, uh, um, the, the, they're on a kind of a, you know, a whole area that's called Leland now, but it's uh-huh. Lake Leland. And it was a fishing town, and now it's a big resort town. It's a Cape Codish type yeah. of uh, ca- town. And they build it, you know, and they, yeah. they build it from scratch. And they, they've always, you know, for a hundred years, they had the central store in Leland. And uh, that's where Bab's mother's family comes from, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because uh, you think about uh, people going out and having a gold rush and hitting it rich. They wouldn't come back. These people came back. You know, they, they had gold and they had enough gold to start a town. And so they came back to of the town. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's something. Not, you know, think about the people who went out west and just struggled but kept reinvesting, <laughs> trying to find more and more. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. The, the frontier, you know, I've, uh, I've read a lot about the frontier. The frontier in the U.S. lasted 270 years, uh, from 1620, which is the first permanent uh, settlement, Jamestown, Virginia. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then it took 270 years to go all the way to the West Coast. And what they use as the sign that the frontier was over is that all the land was surveyed. So when okay. you got to the West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington, there was nothing that was still territory. Territory was, un, generally speaking, something was territory when it wasn't surveyed. Unknown, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't surveyed. They knew it was a big, it was a big, uh, a big, yeah. um, you know, uh, piece of land, but they hadn't really given mm-hmm. any internal thought to it. You know, they hadn't uh, actually put any lines, boundary lines, and everything like that. But the moment it happened, uh, 1890, uh, there began to be this worry that the spirit, the DNA of America, was involved in this pushing west, and now they were at the ocean, and uh, they couldn't push west anymore. So there's always been this uh, sort of worry, now we won't be who we're supposed to be. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. 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 But it's uh, kind of like, that's funny, the accomplishment kind of mindset of if you take California, like just some of the um, 
you know, most successful financially people who can really live anywhere. Um, that's funny that they push as far, that's as far as you can go kind of thing. And they all accumulate there on the coast in California with the best weather in the country, the best, uh, mm-hmm. you know, best of everything. So it just keeps, they settle there and make things, they push. I think there's something to this frontier spirit kind of thing that yeah. that frontier is where they kept new things going, like built on, you know, now that we've conquered or, or I've got all the, the land sort of uh, frontier. Now the frontier is in entertainment and, and then later in technology and mm, psychedelic psychedelic drugs <laughs> well that's true too yeah no no i mean uh San yeah. francisco uh, that yeah. whole west coast i mean i i was in the army in 1967 in korea and uh-huh. i was you know i i came back in may of uh, 67 and i had a brother who lived in san francisco so i uh, they pulled me back to Seattle, and that's where I was discharged. I was just discharged from the army, and uh, at uh, you know the air base where I was, uh, I landed, and then I, you know, I had you know travel money home. That was part of the deal. So I went to San Francisco, and it was interesting because it was May of uh, 1967. And the very famous uh, summer of 67, there's kind of this, it's a bit like Woodstock, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's one was of that those. Your, was uh, that the uh, dropout, turn on, tune in? Yeah, well, this is the beginning of the hippie. The real hippie yeah. thing was the uh, psychedelic and that. Yeah. And that was the summer of 67. So I was there about a month before it started. And we went to Haight-Ashbury, which is a, uh, you know, it's a section of San Francisco. And, yeah, I, uh, it's a, I mean, you could, you could get stoned just walking down the street there. The uh-huh. marijuana was so thick and, and everything. Of course, it was illegal too. There was this, uh, this attraction of the illegal, uh, aspect of it. And, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and it was kind of funny having just been two years in the army and then coming face to face with this. <laughs> culture that was as radically different as you as you could possibly imagine. You know? Right. And I just you know I just I just found it interesting. You know, and my sense is that the the makeup of uh, of America, and uh, you know, I've got this theory that it's um, actually created itself through the states and through the Constitution into fifty R and D labs. Ah, right, right. Yeah, like Vermont is a different vibe than uh than <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, that's the whole uh yeah. And they all uh, there's a there's actually quite a bit of uh, uh freedom. There's actually quite a bit of freedom in each of the states to, you know, they uh, first of all, they can they can control their own tax laws. They can control, you know, the all sorts of laws. You know, I mean, some of them are, you know, <clears throat> have, uh, you know, they're the, you know, sort of uh, pro-choice states, and then there's pro-life states, and then there's right. uh, there's marijuana states, and then there's no marijuana states. And uh, right, and, right. Uh, you know, for example. Uh, uh, one thing, if, if you're a Canadian from Ontario and you go across the bridge into Detroit, um, one thing they just stop you and they say, "Do you have any drugs? Do you have any marijuana?" And people right, say, right. "Because because we have national marijuana." You know, yeah, right, exactly. Canada now, I think, but Michigan, but Michigan um, hasn't passed marijuana, so they'll they'll turn you back. They'll, they'll, you know, they said, if you have marijuana and you don't tell us, we're going to seize your car and you're not going to get your, we're not going to get your car back. They'll tell you right there, you know? And, uh, oh my goodness. Wow. This will use up, this will use up the next five years of your life trying to get your car back. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But it really shows you and it drives Canadians crazy because Canadians generally do things on national, you know, on a national basis. 
And uh, but the U.S. doesn't; it does it on a state basis. Yeah, yeah, like that's governor, interesting. Your governor took a totally different approach to COVID than some of the northern governors, like the New York governor. And the, that's you know, true. It was governor. very freedom oriented here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my feeling is he's got more of a feel for the pulse of who his citizens are than some of the other states, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Florida is very diversified. I mean, uh, if you take all the different historical trends that have made up the present day Florida population. I wonder how that's I mean, going to affect, like, I wonder what's happening where, you know, our growth, Florida is, is poised to grow by, uh, to 29 million by 2030. And so we're growing, you know, 1500 people a day right now. And that pace is going to continue for the next 10 years. Um, Mm -hmm. Which means, you know, we're growing uh, a city the size of Orlando every year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is pretty, it's pretty amazing. But I wonder how the makeup is going to change as a lot of that is is migration from the northeast so from Mm -hmm. sort of blue states coming down into our red yeah the question (laughs) is do uh uh you know the question is are people social attitudes cultural attitudes political attitudes Right. right uh internally based and that's who they are and they're going to simply take that or it's more a function of who they're hanging out with where they are i wonder because it's interesting to see what's happening in texas with the california migration they're all saying uh the big t-shirt is don't california texas (laughs) don't get your california in our texas you know that kind of uh that's interesting yeah but uh, my, so my sense is that the uh, the makeup of the states and the way they put them together, and uh, you know, with the um, states' rights, um, uh, um, really makes it kind of a uh, turbulent place. I mean, uh, because uh, uh, they look at each other, the states look at each other, and they uh, compete with each other. They'll compete. Part part of the reason why a lot of people are coming to Florida is because Florida is directly competing with New York. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you pay these kind of taxes? You don't pay these kind of taxes here. Nope. No, oh, no, no. No, no, you don't pay these kind of taxes. You don't come down and down there. You can still keep your hand. You know, I mean, if you want to keep your condo in New York City, that's fine. But as long as you're down here for a certain number of months, then you can be yeah. a resident here and you, you don't have to pay there, you know. And, uh, yeah, and it's cold up there. <laughs> That's no good. I don't like that at all. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. that's not for me. See, I'm a, I'm a, uh, this is, we're both 10 quick starts, but I really like cold weather. So I'm, I'm sort of a cold weather guy. I, that's, uh, I don't, I don't mind the, I don't mind what's the, the cold appeal, Dan. What is it that you enjoy about the cold weather? Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, the images that you have in your mind. Uh, I, I just had a really great childhood on that farm in northern Ohio. Uh-huh. And I used to just love going out and walking through the fields, uh, you know, yeah. in the dead of winter. And I, right. it, it kind of, you know, it just kind of made a imprint, imprint on me. And walking through the woods and everything else. So I've got all these yeah. really fun childhood memory yeah i don't mind that you're you're right there's so many um and there are the majority not i don't know the majority but a lot of winter days are are nice and it is it is there is something there but uh then there are then there's february and Mm -hmm. you know just like that when whipping wind and the bitter cold i don't i don't enjoy that at all yeah yep yep and the slush you know when it turns slushy yeah that's no uh, good uh, yeah but the the thing is 
that uh, you know you design your lifestyle for uh, you yeah. use a lot of different ingredients to, you, yeah. to design your lifestyle and uh, uh, one thing that I feel very very strongly the type of company that we have created you know I'm talking about the team members that we have yes uh, I don't believe that I could have we could have created this company in the United States no yeah. Yeah, because, this is definitely. Um, mm-hmm. There's a permanence, you know. I mean, people live in Toronto. They they yeah. they're not thinking about moving somewhere else. Uh, but if they live in Chicago, they think about living somewhere else. You know, I mean, Chicago's you know yeah. a really big city. And uh, yeah, where and are you going to go when you well, when you're in Toronto? When you're in Toronto, you've you've made it in in yeah. Canada. That's like the yeah. Where are you going to go from there? You're right. That's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah, and I, so I think that, and the other thing, it's a vibrant, growing city. I mean, Toronto is. Uh, you know, what do you Toronto think is, about this? The great uh, dispersion now that the, uh, you know, that people are because of Cloudlandia now able mm-hmm. to live in Moncton or to live in in Sudbury, you know, or campus casing and be an equal uh contributor to the team um mm. well you know we're going to uh discover something here because uh you know because we're shooting for october now that uh, yes. you know we'll um this is our plan you know <laughs> uh-huh this is our plan. It's not necessarily the government of Canada's plan or the government of Ontario's yeah. plan, but this is our plan. And anyway, and therefore we'll uh, get the team back around August. You know, uh, uh, so the October would be workshops, and August would be yeah. uh, having our team back. And uh, we're finding that they kind of liked it at home. <laughs> yeah. And I think that what's going to I mean, happen, Dan, it's an interesting... They, they, they said, you know, if I can quote them, they said, oh, I really miss being around people and everything. And I said, well, okay, well, while we're all coming back to work on August. And they said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, re- I really like I really like working from home. <laughs> yeah. So my feeling is the transition back is going to be more complicated than the... Uh, you know the quick transition from yeah from in person to uh, uh, we did that. I mean that took us about two weeks to get it right backstage. And right, it's about a month to get it right in terms of the workshops. Uh, I got a feeling the movement back is going to be a lot more complicated. But there's also going to be a, I mean just that dynamic. There's an interesting. There are some synergies and and you know, serendipities and excitements that happen because of everybody being in proximity in the same room, in mm-hmm. the same environment. Mm-hmm. And you can't, in the culture of the, uh, you know, the team kind of environment and yeah, working remotely, you, you almost, you, it's hard to replicate that by Zoom, but the people who are going to be resistant to coming back like that, I think the unintended consequence of that is companies are going to realize, okay, if you're choosing to be a remote worker, they're they're putting yourself in a category of global accessibility. Mm-hmm. Now, re- remote worker mm-hmm. can mean anybody in the world who can do what it is that you do. And I don't think that for a lot of these positions, there are people in other parts of the world that could do mm-hmm. the job that they're doing for less than what they're sort of, you know, going to be demanding to do the, the job remotely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's going to be, well, I, I mean, think, an really, interesting... Uh, yeah. I, I told, uh, you know, I've been talking to Babs because I'm not really involved with the management of the company. You know, my right. whole focus is, you know, what's going to be on stage next quarter? You know, that's, uh, yeah. that's my, you know, well, what, what are we doing new and better next quarter? 
But the thing that really struck me, and I told the, you know, we were announcing to the um, the entrepreneurs, I said, you know, we're shooting for October. And they said, well, you know, it's going to be full in-person workshop. And I said, you know, I think it's going to take us a year after we have our first in-person workshop back. So let's say we have it in October. I think yeah. I think it'll take until the following October to really figure out the way the entrepreneurs want it. Now I yeah. said uh, we're going to have to get a full year under our belt and just look at who showed up with and you know what the requests were and uh, everything. And I said, you know, uh, I don't I don't think you can know that ahead of time because I said everybody's coming back having adjusted their life in a different way than was true before the shut down and I said so it's it's not like there's one way that people adjusted I think there's you know there's 2,500 ways that people adjusted and we're going to see how that plays out in terms of yeah uh, you know uh, so and I think it's the same for the team too you know I Mm -hmm. mean I discovered that some people were spending two and a half hours a day commuting morning and night two and a half hours they got those two and a half hours back yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's like twelve and a half hours a week times. Yeah, I know what a, what a world, right? That's yeah. a, that's like five hundred. You know, it's like five six hundred hours, and they mm-hmm. got that back over the last year. And I said, well, getting that amount of time back, and still being able to work and still be able to pay. I said, I bet it changes your brain cells somewhat. Yeah. And I think that's so, it's very, um, yeah, this whole thing, that's the great thing about the, you know, the Clavelandia workforce kind of thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, having that, the Clavelandia tools that allow people to, uh, to collaborate like that. It truly is a frontier. It's interesting. You're, I'm, you know, everything, every word you choose is not random. And there's really a thought that goes into the free zone frontier. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting. Well, you know, uh, 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 it's, it's, you know, and my, my sense is that we associate it with physical frontiers, you know, yeah. But in, in fact, um, um, if you, um, if you, if you don't, uh, you know, limit it, that it's just about finding new mainland, you know, which is yeah. really than what, what it is or going to another planet, but to a certain extent, you're operating in the, uh, with a physical sense. But you think of it from a standpoint of a psychological, intellectual, emotional frontier, you know, uh, and uh, and I think entrepreneurs, for example, are in terms of uh, livelihood and occupation and lifestyle are radically different, um, have a radically different makeup than people who see the future as. Um, finding a job and keeping a job and, uh, yeah. you know, growing in a job. I think it's ra- radically different psychologically yeah. structure. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of the bother in the world over the last year has really been about employment and non-employment and everything else, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you realize after you've been at this for about 50 years, uh, 47 for me, 47 as uh, an entrepreneur. I, I mean, you just don't think in those terms at all. Yeah. And it's, it, it truly is, um, you know, this, what I discovered in the 80s that, you know, playing tennis, every shot makes somebody happy. And you talk about even... <laughs> It's like you say, <laughs> other people's that, bad true. news is your good news, you know, but in, yeah. in tennis, yeah. it's the same thing. Every shot makes somebody happy. And uh, <laughs> the best position to be is the umpire to just yeah. be able yeah. to view it as either in or out, neither good nor bad, you know, and uh in, in chess, uh, the best position is to be the chessboard. <laughs> yes, right. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 
But that was yeah. from uh, who knew those life lessons? You know, that came from a uh, guy uh, Galloway wrote a book called The Inner mm. Game of Tennis. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that came for. What a what, what a wonderful life lesson that was. Very funny. Have you got any? Um, um, have you been observing who's kind of adapting to the free zone frontier? Have you got some um, your eye on some some free zone collaborations to that are are happening? Well, I think the the one uh, you know that has suddenly emerged uh, for me during the Genius Network is with Howard. Because Howard, yes. uh, that was all new thinking. He had never shown me any of that thinking before until I got the worksheet. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to collaborate with you on this. And uh, you know, um, you know, kind of uh, provide. I've got a capability that I can add to your, uh, you know, your future with that. And uh, actually, two. One is uh, we're we're you know, every quarter we're adding about three or four new free zone people now, you know, it's starting mm-hmm. to flow. And I said, and, uh, you know, some of them have technology-based things where they could really um, use this type of thinking. And I would, you know, just introduce them, you know. It, it'd be, it's like, you know, introducing to any outside, uh, you know, any, any outside uh, thing that would be good for them in terms of growing their their business and growing their collaboration. And uh-huh. uh, so that's the other thing. And the other thing is I'm really, really good with tools. And, uh, you know, what I noticed as I was going through Howard's thing, there's some big jumps required to get from one column to another, you know. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was seeing some bridges, you know, bridge tools that you can get uh, people with bridge tools. One, uh, one thing he... Um, he can make a lot of use of is that that backwards uh, thing that he did is 10 times backward, you know, the sheet of paper that he just had the drawing on, Yeah, you know, he showed us the drawings and I always start there. I always go back and see what the history is because there's a, you can impose trends on history. Mm -hmm. You can say, well, this was the most important thing. This was the most important thing. This was the important thing. And uh, and I have disagreements with people about that. They say, well, yeah, but you just said that those things were important. Were they really important? I said, well, (laughs) it's our say so that makes anything important or not important. I said, it's it's not, it's not like, you know, it's not like there's some rules someplace that you're going to go. There's no official uh, committee that that appoints importance on something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you got to submit to the province to get permission to arrange your thoughts in a different way. You know? <laughs> well, the Chinese, oh, trying, oh, the Chinese are trying. You know, this is their big, uh, their big project to see if they can uh, get you to, um, you know, can't change your thoughts without permission. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, the the thing is, I, I found a lot in it. You know, I, I went through that, you know, and I filled in the top, you know, the line straight across. And I, t- I, I filled in the the first column, top to bottom, and I, the top line right across. And I said, you know, I got a lot out of this. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was reaffirming what I already knew. Uh, yeah. It, so it it had that power to it. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I really liked it. I, I, no, I like, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for those sort of things. Yeah. I was noticing when you, the, the thing of how I've used, um, you, you have this too, but I, I seem to have a really good recall of experiences and, and facts and things that are useful um, in that I draw from at all times mm-hmm. when I'm overlaying mm-hmm. my eight profit activators on something. So I've got all of these other experiences. I'm kind of scanning 
quickly the the uh you know all of those um experiences that would be i was thinking about how a way of cataloging those experiences as you know there's uh the consulting firm mckinsey that's one of the mm. advantages that they have is they call it the the work or whatever the um no that that's the uh cab uh people but what i forget what they call it the the body of knowledge or the oh yeah um, it's called the knowledge the knowledge is that what they call it okay yeah the london uh the black cab uh and, you know the london the, they're the ones that okay. it's called the knowledge yeah okay the knowledge yeah and uh um, you know before we get before we give you a medallion that says you you have to prove that you have this knowledge. It takes about yeah. three years for the average yeah. applicant and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, and we have that in coach. I mean we have this massive yeah. amount of thinking tools and that's why I wanted to integrate it uh using who not how as the I think uh who not how is kind of like the enzyme of strategic coach. It, uh, mm. uh, it, uh, it, you can look at it in a hundred different ways, and we already have a hundred different thinking processes, so we just make the uh, connection. And uh, that's another thing I love. I love having kind of a body of knowledge that's really yes. been created through innovation and testing and proof, you know, proof, uh-huh. uh, proof outside of yourself that these things work. We're doing this. Yeah. I mean, we're uh, writing the book, uh, The Gap in the Game, for the second book in the series. With yeah, it's almost... Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, well, it's probably three weeks, the final, uh, you know, the final, this is for October, uh, so the, uh, uh-huh. and uh, the cover's already... It's already selling. We've already sold a thousand books. So they oh, nice. got the cover up. They put it right on Amazon, and Amazon yeah, already sold pre-ordered, pre-ordered a uh, thousand books. And uh, but uh, it was really interesting working with Ben because who not how was a new concept. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, you showed me the diagram three years ago. I think three years ago or something like that. You know, and you made uh, mention of it and then you know we started playing with it in the program so uh bringing ben in and, and you know to be the writer and that we didn't have that much of a uh, track record yet with in that house so you could be you know you could uh you could say all sorts of things about it but the gap in the game is 28 years old and it's not just 20,000 it's 20,000 times 10 people have gotten yeah. this idea and, uh, and, uh, so, um, uh, yeah, we had to approach the book very, very differently. And I said, um, you know, uh, uh, outside, outside of with who not how you could go out to all sorts of other kind of theories and psychological principles. But I said, you know, Ben, uh, there's some real experts on this that are members of strategic coach. And mm-hmm. I said, um, and I said, you know, you're not going to find too many people in the world who kind of grasp what this time. So we've had to, uh, you know, kind of look at the book differently. And, and uh, but it's really, it's really, really in great shape now. And, I mean, it's really moving forward. So yeah, but, uh, I, I'm I'm very excited. But uh, how you measure really makes a difference. I mean, you measure That's backwards, awesome. you measure against the ideal, you know. And I said, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and uh, I said I see a lot of people who are great achievers, but yeah, I can tell right off the bat they're not happy with their achievement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the well, that's part of the thing of not uh, you know setting off on the path that the without pushing the accelerator pedal and knowing where that's going, what it's going to look like at the end. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. You got to be happy with the activity. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you need destinations. You need destinations. But I have to yeah. tell you, the more you can just enjoy um, 
the experience of being on the trip today. I, I think that you're, you're going to be a lot happier. And it's, you know, it feels like, uh, I saw somebody breaking down the wisdom of row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. That's what it comes down to. That's it. That's a great wrap up. It really is. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But uh, I I think, uh, you know, we can go off on this, but uh, 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 there's a fundamental shift. And I think uh, there's been more of a fundamental shift from mainland conditions to Cloudlandia conditions mm-hmm. over the last year than in the previous 10, 10, 10 years before that. Oh, I absolutely. think we've made a sudden big shift. Not everybody, yeah. not everybody, but no. I think people with the greatest, um, uh, what I would say, value creation ambitions made a shift over the last year. We've got, um, I'm just doing the calculation. So next, uh, yes, we'll be here next, um, no, I won't Sunday. be here next Sunday. Okay. Um, my uh, birthday is on uh, Monday, and we're going away yes. for some free days. Uh, that, And then you've got a birthday coming up, uh, too. But I'll be, I'll be there. They never stop. Yeah, you'll be here. Yeah. You'll be here. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. We'll, okay, we'll Dan. Again. Okay, Thanks. Bye. bye.